Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Malawalele. Welcome to the World in Sport from RNZ Pacific. I'm Ben Robinson Drawbridge. This week, Samoa breaks ground for the Pacific Games. Fiji's footballers are out of shape, and the Fijian Drua learn lessons from losing. But first, the Pacific Rugby Players Welfare Group says the sport's governing body, World Rugby, won't engage with it over its Seats at the Table campaign. The campaign calls for greater representation of Pacific Island countries on the World Rugby Council. The group's director, Dan Leo, says it's important World Rugby hears from a stakeholder not beholden to it. Leo told Vinnie Wiley he wants an audience with the chief executive of World Rugby, Brett Gosper. In unofficial capacities, we've met a couple of times. He was probably more receptive to meeting with me before he knew what we were pushing for, which is uh, fairness for the Pacific Islands around the World Rugby Council. And actually not just one seat, you know, which what the Fijian and, and Samoan unions are now in the process of applying for, for one seat. And I believe that their voice has been diminished in terms of really pushing for player welfare principles and chasing that, that one seat. Um, one seat, when all of the tier one nations have got three seats, is uh, is not going to make a difference. You're never going to be able to challenge the uh, the hierarchy that exists uh, if you've got one vote uh, out of 48 and the tier one nations uh, as a block have 30. So even if they were to, to be given a token one seat uh, each, you know, nothing changes in terms of player welfare or the funding model, the eligibility laws. We would never be able to challenge any of the voting process on that. So is really, it? our call is to the unions themselves to step up, you know, and actually call for, for what is fair, not just for having a token seat. And then to meet with Gosper, you know, and, and actually talk through this this process. It's something that World Rugby don't want to engage with us. They'll only engage in conversations with the unions and the players' associations that they fund through uh, the International Rugby Players Association. Effectively, what they're saying is unless you're on our payroll, uh, we won't talk with you. Um, so they're not impartial and they're not getting an independent voice. Um, you know, those those unions, the, the, the Tongan and, and Samoan and, and, and Fijian unions can't speak up because they rely um, so much on the funding. We've seen it this week with um, Samoa having to sack their coach because World Rugby wouldn't fund it because they didn't believe in the, um, the integrity of the, of the appointment process. And we've seen it in Fiji and Samoa's criticism of the seats at the table campaign that was actually for their benefit, um, which is absolutely you know, preposterous. And it just goes to show that, you know, they're so reliant on, on World Rugby funding that they don't have a voice anymore. And my fear is that it's the same with the World Rugby um, funded uh, players associations. You point me in the direction of any other players unions or uh, unions in any other walk of life that are funded by the industry themselves, uh, you won't find one. Um, and the fact that uh, you know we're totally independent, we can call things as we see them, and we have one agenda, and that is the rights and the welfare of, of our members. So you know our, our agenda is not conflicted, but it's yeah, it's disappointing that World Rugby won't uh, engage with any with anyone that's not funded by themselves. Really, it sort of makes a mockery of the system. So I, I imagine the Fijian Samoa unions, if they do, if they are successful and they get these seats. They would say that you know that is progress. That, that you know by having one of their people at the table, they can voice their opinion. But so your, your concern is that 
one seat versus three or four is that, yes, they might have a voice, but it's still very quiet in comparison. Yeah, exactly. And um, rugby is the only sport in the Olympic movement that uh, operates by this model. You look at uh, football, it's one, one country, one vote. Rugby is the only one that classes different sides into tiers. You know, if you're a tier one side, you've got a lot of influence. If you're a tier three, you've got next to no influence. I'm actually surprised that uh, rugby has been allowed to become an Olympic sport, given our current governance model. As an independent voice, we can we can raise these concerns. Um, you know, rugby doesn't always get it right. Um, as uh, you know, as, as was raised in the induction of Brian Williams yesterday to the World Rugby Hall of Fame. You know, he toured in 1970 with the All Blacks, um, toured uh, apartheid South, South Africa, in a test series that was sanctioned by you know what World Rugby was then, uh, you know, or the IRB, whatever they used to be called. And um, you know, they didn't see anything wrong with um, the fact that he was given honorary white man status to play in that test series. So it just goes to show, you know, that, that World Rugby don't always get it right. Dan Leo from Pacific Rugby Players. There were two groundbreaking ceremonies in Samoa this week for the construction of facilities for next year's Pacific Games. A new multi-sport gymnasium is being built from scratch, while Apia Park and the Samoa Aquatic Centre are being refurbished. The Chief Executive of the Pacific Games Council, Falifata Heli Matatia, says the construction is being funded by China. So there's a multi-purpose sports gymnasium that's being built uh, as we speak, so the groundbreaking was yesterday. This multi-purpose sport gym will host badminton and netball. It's a multi-purpose gym, so there will be other sports um, in the future that will use it. But for the Pacific Games alone, it will focus on those two sports. The uh, completion date will be around May next year. The other groundbreaking ceremony yesterday was for the refurbishment of Apia Park and the Aquatic Centre. For the Aquatic Centre will be a lot of the the technical um, upgrades in the actual facility and uh, a few minor renovations inside the pool. But for Apia Park, it will also be about the technical um, upgrade and uh, some of the infrastructure and also the rubber for the track. We're also upgrading and um, uh, renovating the tennis courts that's uh, at Apia Park. So for the two um, groundbreaking ceremonies yesterday, it was for those two um, big projects that uh, are now underway. So when do you hope that the Aquatic Centre will be ready? The Aquatic Centre is ready, but uh, the handover back to Samoa is the end of May, beginning of June. And is it the same time frame for Apia Park? Yes, that's for both projects, because it's the same company that's uh, renovating it. I understand that it's being financed by uh, the generosity of China. That's correct. China has a, a very generous history of contributing to sporting facilities in Samoa, doesn't it? Yes, we have a excellent uh, relationship with the government of China and they have been very helpful in terms of um, getting these facilities up and running for the, the Pacific Games. And it's a Chinese company that's been contracted to do the work? That's correct. Are you able to tell me what the cost may be of upgrading each facility? That figure hasn't been disclosed yet. We haven't finalised that with uh, our Chinese counterparts. I understand that tenders have gone out for some other work, is that correct? Yes, so uh, government, the government of Samoa is refurbishing all the other um, sports facilities and sports venues that are not part of that uh, grant. So there's, uh, the tender processes have gone out for uh, the other venues for the other sports. About how many other venues are there? So there's 
around 16 other venues uh, that are being uh, renovated. A lot of these uh, venues are all existing venues that we do not have to rebuild from scratch. There must be some jobs becoming available for your local workforce through this work. Yes, uh, it creates a lot of work opportunity, not just for our venue sector, but for also the other supporting services that we'll be using. So for accommodation, catering, uh, transportation, all of that. Well, it sounds like things are, are really in hand. You must be pleased with the organisation so far. Well, I'm just happy that uh, God's given us this time to make sure that everything is in place. And we're just following that and making sure that we're able to deliver on time and deliver everything that is required of us for to make uh, next year another memorable um, Pacific Games for Samoa. Not only that, I think it's a really important time for our athletes to be celebrated and to give them another platform to push themselves further ahead. So I'm very happy with uh, the way things are going at the moment with our organising committee. Whale Fatahele Matatia from Samoa's Pacific Games office. The coach of the Fiji men's football team has lamented his players' lack of fitness, which he says was a factor in their 2-0 loss to Singapore last week. Fiji drew with Solomon Islands one all the week before in the first of two games in the September international window. They're yet to win a game this year, following two losses in the Philippines in March and one to Malaysia in July. Coach Christoph Gamel says while his players didn't lack motivation, many were out of condition. In my opinion, it's a big lack of uh, concentration that has uh, cost us the game because after 10 minutes uh, or 11 minutes uh, on a corner kick, we, we miss focus who uh, are to take uh, the direct opponent and they score directly on that. It's a picky because we are managing the game. And the same goal uh, is understood between uh, Remeru Tekiate and the uh, keeper. Voilà. The problem is uh, always there, lack of uh, concentration. And uh, I need to find uh, the way to better focus and uh, better involvement uh, with the game. But... The performance, uh, I have to say that uh, even if we are uh, amateur, we managed to play uh, really well against uh, the professional team. It's coming better and better. Uh, unfortunately, the, the result uh, don't show that. Even after conceding those two goals very quickly, mm-hmm. you don't feel that your players lost heart or motivation? No, no, no. On this, they didn't uh, at all lost motivation. And uh, you can see in the... When we start the second half, they came back really uh, very motivated on the, on the ground. They, are, they have given their best. This is sure. Um, we struggled a bit at the end of the game uh, physically and because we, we got a red card. So at this moment, we start to, to lose our uh, consistency. But the players, they really give their role. And uh, I was a bit uh, disappointed from uh, the substitution. Except Abu that uh, did well, but... Uh, they didn't give an instant impact uh, in the game, but uh, no, they really, really play uh, with their heart and skill. Now, before the game against the Solomon Islands, which you yeah. managed to draw, we reported that you were a little bit disappointed with the condition, the fitness of some of your players. Yeah. Did that improve through the window? Oh, no, this is a real problem because I had really a few days to manage the level of fitness and most of all the weight. Uh, we know that uh, in high level, the, the weight is a key factor of performance because if you have one extra kg, it reduces 16% of your condition. So 
it's a big uh, problem. I have to face it each time. For example, a lot of players came with between 4 to 8 kg extra. If they eat a lot, it becomes difficult when you arrive and have to represent the nation at international level. Tell me, what's the next thing on your horizon? What's the next thing that's coming up for the Fiji men's national team? What are you building up to? My next thing is to see how we can focus on this problem of giving more intensity for the Vodafone Premier League. Then it will be uh, in October, uh, there will be a big tournament called the uh, IDC in Fiji, but unfortunately it's on the international window. So I don't know if I can uh, look for an international game. Otherwise, I hope to make a camp or for a couple of days just to see the player and to to see also their weight. Otherwise, it will be a too long gap between uh, today and the next window in November. And now we will face the same problem and I will have to struggle again. But in November, we will be involved with the national team for one or two games. I expect two games. And do you know who your opposition is? It could be Myanmar and another team at the moment, maybe Vietnam, or I don't know yet. We are discussing with some federation. The Fiji men's football coach, Christophe Gamel. The Fijian Drua have been brought back to earth with Saturday's 52-22 loss to Queensland Country in the Australian National Rugby Championship. Playing their first away game of the season, the Fijians went into the game on top of the table but were not uh, match again. Playing their first away game of the season, the Fijians went into the match on top of the table but were knocked into second place by the defending champions eight tries to four. Vinnie Wiley spoke to the Andrua coach, Senarusi Siruvakula, who says the match taught the Andrua some valuable lessons. First loss, very disappointed for the team, but a lot of learning from it that we are working on uh, starting from today for our set pieces. Another area of concern is uh, discipline in the rugby field. There's another two yellow card on Saturday, so that's not good for us when we lost players uh, during the game. I believe that we need to work out in our line-out the accuracy from our hookers to our jumpers and everyone have to work together from our lifters, jumpers and throw. We just need to speed it up and do it accurately. And also in our scrum, the boys need to work together as a pack. They need to focus and understand what we're doing and then play according to our game pattern. So that was disrupted from the Queensland country and, uh, and things start going wrong when, they, when they're building pressure on us. We're giving penalties away in offside and then uh, kicking the ball during the breakdown. And these are the things that uh, pile up when we are not switching on and playing according to our game pattern. Do you uh, alter your preparation? Obviously, the previous two games, you're at home, now you're away. Because you've stayed in Australia, does that change how you prepare for the second match of the away league? There's, there's some changes because of the time frame we, we spend and, uh, and there's a lot of time uh, in travelling. So it's, it's, uh, it's different when we're when we at home. But this week, there's no excuses. We got uh, six days turnaround before our game on, on Sunday. And you talk about Sydney Rays, obviously, and how other teams have been doing their homework on you. I think Sydney are playing tomorrow night as well, aren't they? So uh, are you going to be at that game to watch them in the flesh and, and get a, a good first-up look at them you know, in person? And, and how much of an impact do you think playing a few days out from the Sydney team will have having to back up on Sunday? Yes, we'll, we'll be watching that game. Uh, they play on, uh, on Wednesday, uh, Sydney Rays. But that's, that's a big uh, advantage for us because they're playing two games this week. 
playing on Wednesday and play against us on uh, on Sunday. But uh, I don't believe there will be a lot of changes for them uh, in the way they want to play. But we just need to look at ourselves rather than uh, concentrate on uh, Sydney race. We, we need to look at how we want to play and how we want to defend and how we want to attack. So the main uh, area we are looking at is us this week. Um, Senator Rossi, in terms of Queensland country, they obviously won the title last year. They uh, beat your team in the semi-finals, and they're the only unbeaten team after three rounds. Is it is it fair to say they are the clear benchmark at the moment in this NRC, and and everybody else is kind of chasing them? Yes, probably. Probably they they are the best form team at the moment, mainly because of how they play. Uh, they're very structured in during the uh, on their game, and uh, they have a lot of uh, experience. Uh, from the Queensland Reds, and uh, yeah, but there's another team, uh, Western Force. So it'll, uh, it'll be very interesting how they go this week, because they will be playing against uh, Queensland Country. Fijian Drua coach Senarusi Suruvakula. That's the world in sport for this week. You can hear this program on our website, rnzi.com. Tofa. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.